Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Three weeks ago, when the Tennessee Titans lost 36-22 to the Jacksonville Jaguars, we told you that even if the worst happened, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. The worst, of course, being that the Titans lose three more games over the next three weeks, while the Jaguars lose three more or win three more games over the next three weeks. All that would do would set up a Week 18 showdown in Jacksonville for first place in the AFC South. And that's exactly what happened. Titans have lost three more. Their losing streak is now at six games. The Jaguars have won three more. They have won four in a row, five of their last six. But things have gotten worse for the Titans. Ryan, they've lost, in addition to the games, they've lost Ryan Tannehill to injury. They've lost Ben Jones to injury. They've lost Nate Davis to injury. They've lost Bud Dupree to injury. They've lost Terrence Mitchell to injury. All those guys going on injured reserve at some point during the course of the last three weeks and now will not be available for the, what is a Saturday night showdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So do the Titans have a chance? I think is the, uh, is, is the, is the big question going into this, uh, going into this week. And we will, we will discuss that and much more on this episode of Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online with John Glennon. John, how are you? I am well, sir. How are you guys? Doing good. And Denard Walker, former Titans cornerback. Denard, how are you? Well, David, I was doing great until that intro. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing hey, I'm doing now. I am uh and I am David Beauclair and and I, I try to keep it real with that. I mean, this is this is not the uh, this is not the best situation this franchise has ever been in uh, going into going into such a critical game. But uh, but we have seen uh, we have seen Mike Vrabel's team play well at, at sort of times when you least expect them to over the last couple of years. So uh, 
So there is, there's always reason to believe, and this is, of course, the Believe in Titans podcast, brought to you by Bet Online, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find all the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your initial deposit. Make you make sure to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So, Denard, let's start with you. Josh Dobbs is the quarterback for the Titans over Malik Willis. Um, is, that a, is that a good move? Mike Vrabel says it gives this team the best chance to win. Do you agree? After the performance Thursday night, yes. Um, I think he adds a, a different dimension. Uh, he can throw the ball well. I thought Josh played well. Uh, what, 232 yards passing, one TD, and unfortunately that one pick in the fourth quarter. Uh, what I love about Josh is his, his athleticism. I mean, he can play. We saw that at Tennessee. He was a uh, coming out years ago. Uh, Pittsburgh, they end up taking him, was in the fourth round? Correct fourth rounder and Mike Tomlin had to see something in him. He was a very special player. I know he backed up Ben Roethlisberger for years, but what I love about him, the way that he played Sunday is it's like he took command of the offense. Uh, I thought he looked like he'd been in the system for about a couple of years. Uh, of course, uh, yeah, they made some mistakes. He started off a little bit of questionable. I thought, okay, uh-oh, this is not looking good, David. This is not looking good. But it's like as the game uh, went along, he got better. And you can see the commandment. You saw him um, just really he developed a relationship with Robert Woods. I mean, we, I, again, I, I love the little passes. But what a thing I love the most about this team, and we haven't seen this in the last two weeks, is their, their ability to throw the ball downfield. That's what I like. And, and the pass to Racy McMath, what a beautiful throw by Josh. So, yes, I think he brings a different dimension, which might be, uh, which might give the Titans a chance to go into Jacksonville and win. Yeah, it, it's interesting. A guy who's in his sixth year in the league, uh, Malik Willis has made more starts in the NFL than Josh Dobbs has. Dobbs, you know, Thursday night was his first career start. And, uh, John Denard alluded to it, you know, not not eye popping passing numbers, but uh, but but certainly there was a passing game, I think, to uh, to the Titans offense that we didn't see in any of the three games Malik Willis has started to this point. Correct. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, in, in those three games, you know, we know that the numbers for Malik, he, he never threw for 100 yards in any of the three games. Um, and, and certainly had three interceptions, uh, in, in those games was sacked plenty of times as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think you can look at it, uh, in kind of two ways, you know, that the fact that, that Josh Dobbs has come in so quick and, and made such a good impression. You can say, Hey, great, you know, for, for Josh Dobbs, uh, you know, guy who was signed 21st on December 21st and he's starting, uh, December 29th. What a great learner. How, how quickly. Um, you know, he, he got command of this offense and, and looked confident out there running team, you know, as, as, uh, Denard mentioned it, there was more of a downfield threat. He was getting rid of the ball quicker, uh, you know, than, than we'd seen from Malik Willis. 
you know, there, there's the other side too, where, where you have to wonder what that means in the future anyway for, for Malik Willis. Now, this is a guy who wasn't expected to start this year. We, we know that. But on the other hand, he's also been, he's also a guy who had been with the team since April, you know, when they drafted him. He had three starts under his belt. Uh, so the fact that he gets leapfrogged, you know, by a guy who had been signed, uh, as I said, eight days earlier uh, and who had never started an NFL game, even though he'd been in the league six seasons. You know, I, I don't think that reflects too well on, on Malik Willis's progress uh, either. So, you know, what whether that, you know, whether there's another, whether there's a blank slate next season for Malik Willis and he starts again, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, in the here and now, you know, I, I think you have to look more at the good that Josh Dobbs brought in that game, despite the turnovers, uh, you know, and, and as I say, just the threat, the confidence level, I thought, with that Titans offense was much better than what we had seen um, under Malik Willis. Yeah, and, and the thing that I thought was interesting, too, is, uh, you know, Todd Downing talks about, he, he talked about it the first time Ryan Tannehill got hurt. He talked about it again this time that, you know, when, in, in terms of the scheme and, and the game plan and things, you don't want to jerk the wheel. Even even when you make a change at quarterback, you know, you you want to stick with the uh, the things you do well, the things your offense is most comfortable with. But I thought I thought it was pretty interesting the number of times you saw Josh Dobbs rolling out one way or the other and, and, and throwing on the run, which is something he does very well. It's something he did back in Tennessee. And it was, it was pretty clear that they have a sense, they had a sense of, okay, this is what this guy does. Well, let's, let's take advantage of it. And when Malik Willis has been the quarterback for the the three games that he's been in there, I, I you know, I, I never got the sense that the Titans felt like, okay, this is what he can do. We're going to do it. It was just, let's hand it off as many times as we can get away with it. You know, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, I think if nothing else from, from a play calling and a game planning perspective, there's, there's much more confidence in that coaching staff now, just in terms of what they can and, and can't get away with it. And, you know, yeah, sure. He, you know, Josh Dobbs isn't going to have as many plays, that, that he feels comfortable with as Ryan Tannehill would, or, or but, but at least, at least there was a, uh, there was a rhythm and a, and a flow to the offense throughout that game that, that I think was, was missing when Malik Willis was in there. Denard, uh, I want to, I want to ask you this uh, as a uh, think from Jacksonville's perspective, then is, is, is Josh Dobbs, his, his newness in this system with this team, is that, is that a problem for Jacksonville, though, in that uh, in that they don't have a lot of film on him, or, or can they look at this one game and say, well, clearly this, you know, this is what they're they're going to do with him. We're not going to, you know, we shouldn't expect much different the second time around. It's going to be a problem because it's almost like you have a new quarterback plan. You don't, there's not, it's not Ron Tannehill, but just to kind of, uh, I wanted to allude to the fact that uh, Josh Dobbs. What was interesting is coming into this game. Uh, Thursday night against Dallas, he's only thrown 17 passes in six years. <laughs> and yeah. in the third quarter, yeah, that, that was, that's what was amazing. And then not the fact in the third quarter that the strike to Robert Woods uh, was uh, at this point, it was 10, six and Titans end up going, I think it was uh, not for sure what the score was. I'm sorry. It was 17, 13 when they scored uh, that strike that he hit Robert Woods in the end zone. That was his 24th pass of the game. 
That is what is amazing. You, you're trying to tell me that a player is coming in, he's only thrown 17 passes in six years, and you think that Dallas was sitting back saying, you got to be kidding me, the score, they're down by four. But that just shows you kind of the, the different dimension that he adds to the game. He pushes the ball, and that's what you want to see. And yes, it, it, it presents a problem to Jacksonville because now you're sitting back saying, well, we've been probably preparing for Malik Willis, who's like a zone read. So it's like a college offense. He's just going to hand the ball off or he's going to run or he's going to make a throw, uh, a very short throw, five to 10 yards to play it safe. Now, if you're Jacksonville, you're sitting back saying, hey, we got a we got a quarterback now that can push it downfield. He showed that. And again, if you go to the first quarter, yeah, he was a little off. You can tell he was trying to get acclimated to the game tempo. But as he got acclimated, you start to see that confidence build. And that's what they're going to need if they're going to go into Jacksonville and win. Because we know that, listen, everybody in Jacksonville knows that Tennessee is going to run the football with the King. We, everybody, we know that Jacksonville knows that Jacksonville coaches know that, but what Jacksonville fans and coaches are saying is what are they going to do on the perimeter? They have to have another dimension and that's Tennessee. What are they going to do other than hand the ball to Derrick Henry. And that's what Josh asked because he can get the ball now to Robert. You got Racy McMath that's not in the lineup. So you got a playmaker, a speed on the perimeter. So that adds another dimension. It adds another problem for the Jacksonville defense. So yeah, if you Jacksonville defensive coordinator, now you got to go back and say, hey, they got a passing game now. And, and let's say this too. Mike Vrabel sort of hinted at this Friday after the Dallas game and he was sort of much more clear about it on Monday and he said and I quote I'm fairly confident Malik is going to do something to help us win in this football game I'm hopeful and and that I know he will continue to prepare like he has sort of sounds to me like and and it, it certainly would make sense that this is the case the Titans are going to throw the kitchen sink at the Jaguars. I, you know, John Glennon, should we be expecting Malik Willis on the field in some particular package? We we talked about it kind of all season when Ryan Tannehill was healthy, barely saw it. Is, is this the time, I think, fairly obviously for, for that to happen and, and for them to get something out of it? Uh, I'm not so sure. I, I did, like you, I, I, I thought it was interesting that he did make that reference today. That was a little bit surprising he sort of seemed to almost go out of his way to to say that that Malik you know might have a have some kind of a role but you know I guess when you when you look at those words even more carefully if you say that Malik does something that's going to help us win you know maybe that can be as simple as being supportive uh to to Josh Dobbs or uh you know something along those lines Uh, the reason I I I still kind of have my doubts as to you know all kinds of you know, special packages or, or, or a few trick plays or anything like that. You know, we've seen so far that uh, honestly that that really hasn't worked too well with Malik when they when they tried that with Ryan Tannehill uh, in the lineup. You know, the uh, the combination um, of, of a couple quarterbacks didn't work very well, and I think especially now when you've got Josh Dobbs in there, uh, who's a new quarterback, and you've got Malik Willis in there, who's a rookie. I don't know, the, the thought of them doing something together, uh, you know, raises eyebrows to, to me and, and, you know, would seem to, to lead to potential uh, turnovers, you know, more so than, than I would think it's a, it's a big threat uh, to the defense. So I, I was, I, I agree with you. I, I did think it was interesting to hear Mike Frable mention that, but I'm not so sure 
I, I see a lot of Malik Willis, uh, assuming Josh Dobbs, you know, continues to play pretty well. Real quickly, before we move on from here, we, we all know there'll be a, a new general manager at some point during the off season. So it, it it's tough to know what somebody will think, but, uh, but Denard, how does Josh Dobbs factor into the position, the, the, the future of the quarterback position for the Titans? Do you think, uh, do, do you, particularly if he plays well in this game, say the Titans, when they get into the playoffs, is, is he a big factor to be on this roster again next season then? And, and, and how does that impact Ryan Tannehill? Interesting. That's a great question. I was just thinking about that because you have an aging quarterback with Ryan is 34 years old. I think he'll be 36 next season. Yeah, I no, think he's, he's not that old. Is, is he that old? He's he's older than you think. He's been around oh a while now. Oh, my goodness. I thought he was 34. But, yeah, when you look at it, I mean, think about this game is all about numbers to begin with. So think about if Josh can come in and help this team get over the hump. And let's just say if Tennessee wins – against Jacksonville, and then let's say they go deep into the playoffs. Yes, if you're a general manager, you have you have to sit back and say, God, could this can Josh be the answer uh, to our problems going into next season? And think about this. You don't have to pay him that much. I mean, he doesn't count much against the cap. So yeah. then you have to look at it in a financial situation because it could be something where if you're Tennessee, you say, can we win with him? Can we bring in another free agent or – Will we let these two battle uh, for that number two position? I mean, there's many things that can happen, but also you have to look at it in a sense. If you're you're Malik, uh, I know right now this is your this is your draft pick from last year's class, so you're very high on him. But this is a great opportunity for Josh. I mean, this is how Ryan, if you think about it, when they made the trade to bring him from Miami, think about it now. I mean, look at the over the last four years. I mean, this could be a great opportunity for him to take another step in his NFL um, journey. And I'm talking about Josh Dobbs. So, again, the way that he plays in Jacksonville can determine the fate, whether he has a job in Nashville or not. Yeah, and you are correct, by the way. Ryan Tannehill is 34 years old. Yeah. He will be 35 next season. Um, but I, I think I think it is, you know, when you're talking about a, a team that that's going to need to – put money into its offensive line that's going to need to invest in wide receivers and and whatever else it's going to have to do if you have one quarterback on a on a rookie contract like Malik Willis and your second quarterback is a is a veteran on an affordable contract like Josh Dobbs I, I do think it makes it easier to do those types of things you need to do and uh and I think it it does sort of change the the roster math if you will for Ryan Tannehill, John Glennon. I mean, how would you look at this if you're you're a GM going into this off season? Yeah, to me, it's a, it is a really interesting situation because you know when you look at Malik Willis was, was drafted. Uh, he was drafted by a general manager, John Robinson, who obviously is no longer with this franchise. Um, he was drafted with a draft pick that was kind of a, a gravy pick, if you will. Uh, the Titans didn't originally have it um, uh, or didn't originally have so many picks, I should say, um, that, that, you know, maybe when they had extra picks, they were able to pick up a guy like Malik Willis. So, you know, maybe in retrospect, it was almost like a flyer kind of a pick, like, hey, let's give him a shot. You know, why not? We've got a couple third round picks. Why not use it one on Malik Willis? And, and see what happens. We don't expect him to start this year anyway. So given that, and again, given the fact that the guy who drafted him is no longer there, you know, I, I have to at least wonder a little bit 
you know what what Malik Willis's future is. Um, you know, considering he was he was leapfrogged by by Josh Dobbs. So yeah, I, I think a good Josh Dobbs performance certainly puts him in the mix of getting a contract for next year. And I still think at this point anyway that Ryan Tannehill comes back. Uh, to this team next year, even though that contract is big, I think there are other there are players that that get cut that get cut to help bring the uh, uh, you know kind of give them more cap room. So that's sort of the way I look at it right now. Well, that that is uh, that is a, a an in depth discussion for another time. But back to this game, uh, Titans rested. I, I think it's fair to say rested. Although I think all or most or all of these guys were on the injury report. Danico Autry. Derrick Henry, Christian Fulton, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, among others, last week in what was a meaningless game against the Dallas Cowboys. So, Denard, it, it, when you were a player, it, get your player's hat on for a second here, would you rather be the Titans with uh, and be well-rested and, and some of these players, in fact, with some extra rest, or would you rather be the Jaguars, you know, rolling – couple of comfortable wins here where you're able to get starters out of the game on Sunday and sort of in the rhythm of the season and, and keep it going for a, a game this important. I've been on both sides, David. Uh, let me just give you a little um, kind of a, like a little back. Uh, so in 1999, when we went to the Super Bowl, uh, we played. So we yeah, played no, three no, games straight. Right, no break. No, no then, break between the no break. Even the Super Bowl was a week later, so we didn't get no rest. So we played another month. Um, so we come back. We get to the Super Bowl. Now the next year, same identical record. We get the number one seed, and then we get a rest for a week, and then we play Baltimore in the divisional round, and we get beat. Now, this is a team that we manhandled the first game. The second game, we shouldn't have let them in. Unfortunately, on a 14-11, we get a PI. And then that's how Baltimore ends up getting really into the playoffs and getting us back. So, again, it can hurt you both ways. But at this point, if you think about it, the Titans played Sunday. Then they come back Thursday. That's a short week. So it just made sense for Mike Vrabel to rest his players. Now, if you Jacksonville, it's still the same routine. There are no – they're exhausted. They're just like everybody else. So they can push through this. So that's not going to make a difference. I don't think two days of, of you know, getting a, f- a few days more rest is going to make a difference in this game. John Glennon, uh, you know, Derrick Henry hasn't been the traditional De- December Derrick that we've seen. He- he's been better recently here, a, a couple hundred yard games. But uh, but you-, you think the week off will-, will do him in particular some good? I have to think so. You know, obviously a guy who carries the workload that, that he does, uh, a guy who takes so many hits, uh, as, as Henry does, you know, and anytime he can get a, a week off, get a, get a breather like that, uh, I, I think is certainly beneficial. Um, yeah. And, and when you look at, at, you know, some of those big names, you mentioned Henry also, yes, Simmons and Autry, uh, you, you know, are out and, and then others, you know, that they have got a possibility of coming back for this game too. You know, when you look at, at uh, Christian Fulton, uh, you know, practiced a little bit uh, last week. And, and uh, Mike Brabel said, you know, likely to practice again. You know, there's the possibility David Long comes back, the possibility of Imani Hooker. You know, you never know coming back. Uh, so uh, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of reason to think the Titans will look healthier, especially on defense uh, this time around against the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, than they did the last time. And, you know, let's look under under Mike Vrabel, the Titans on long rest 
technically that's nine or more days. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were not, they're nine and one uh, in that kind of situation uh, under Mike Vrabel. Now this is technically only eight days right. uh, since it's a Thursday to Saturday situation, but still Mike Vrabel, uh, you know, usually has the Titans going at their best uh, given a couple of extra days of preparation and given his team a couple extra days of rest. And, and, and keep in mind, you know, he did a similar thing in 2019 when they played New Orleans in yeah. week, uh, week 16 that year uh, in what was a meaningless game. And then they had to, they had to win at Houston in week 17 to get the, uh, to get the, the last AFC wildcard spot. Uh, he rested a bunch of players in that one. Derrick Henry uh, was one of those guys who did not play. Came back the next game, 32 carries, 211 yards, three touchdowns. I, I you know, I, I think it's uh, Denard said. You, you said it earlier. This is, I mean, it's it's no secret what the Titans are going to want to do to try and win this game. And and let's give a shout out, by the way, and Denard, you'll appreciate this as a secondary guy to Kevin Byard, a guy who did not get rested in that game. Probably, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna say a veteran who deserved a night off against the Dallas Cowboys, Kevin Byard. Played, played really well. Two interceptions, uh, get, you know, really gave the Titans a chance to feel good through the first half and, and a chance to, to win that game. Now has 25 interceptions for his career, the most by any player during the Titans era for this franchise and, uh, tied for fourth all time in franchise history. So, uh, salute to Kevin Byard for, uh, another job well done. Yeah, both of those interceptions led to six points. The yeah. first six points in the first half. If if yeah, if if they could have turned one of them into a touchdown, things yeah. could have gotten really interesting. But it it it's strange to think how a game that you lose by two touchdowns, you only score thirteen points. You you know you can come out of this feeling like, well, the offense, uh, you know, the offense. I'm okay with things now, and I, and I think that that probably speaks to Derrick Henry and what. Uh, you know what what he offers and and what he means to this team the the one thing that we have seen lately though that that they have to avoid is is the Derrick Henry fumbles like it was it was never even close to a thing for years and and now all of a sudden it's a thing Mike Vrabel has said well it's the you know it's the guy that he doesn't see coming that you have to worry about and i think that sort of speaks to the fact that you know, he, he probably needed a week off or, or that, that age or wear and tear, whatever is getting to him because before the guys he didn't see coming, couldn't get to him. Uh, John Glennon, do you agree with that? And, and how imperative is it that, uh, that Derrick Henry holds onto the football in this game? Yeah, it's, it's really strange, uh, you know, to, to have seen him all of a sudden have this kind of brief rash of fumbles. You know, he had one fumble in the first 10 games that he played this season. He's had five in the last five games, and he's lost three of them. Uh, then when you look back, even even the bigger picture, um, you know, this is his sixth year in, in his uh, – or his seventh year, I should say. He only had 11 fumbles in his first six seasons combined, and he's already got six this year. Really, really strange. Um, so I, I think uh, there is something um, – to Derrick Henry, maybe taking some hits this year that he might not have taken in past years, uh, just because the the line has been shaky. I think there's been more contact, you know, uh, before he hits the line of scrimmage and more downfield too. I thought what Mike Brabel said 
today, uh, you know, it was a good point also when, when he talked about, you know, the guys that are that are not that Henry is not seeing causing the fumbles. He said, guys, you know, need to do a better job of holding those blocks downfield uh, or, or guys, you know, offensive linemen moving upfield after Henry gets past them and, and finishing up blocks there. That way you take away some of those extra guys who are hitting Henry, not the first contact guy, but the second or third contact guy that are hitting Henry. If guys are holding onto their blocks longer or moving downfield and eliminating guys around Henry, he takes less hits and presumably uh, fumbles the ball less. Denard, how much a topic of conversation is that in uh, Jacksonville's defensive meeting rooms this week? I, I mean, they'll, they'll know that stat, right, that, that Henry has put the ball on the ground a little more lately, and how, how much more enthusiastically, I guess, will those guys be, be trying to knock the ball out in this game? Well, they're always you're taught that, so that's that's n- nothing new to a defensive scheme. You practice that in the off season and in training camp. But I was looking at this stat, and you're talking about the five fumbles in the three straight games he's lost those. What I did is I went back and actually looked at the Houston game and linebacker Jack Hansen, who Derek was. What a lot of these um, fumbles are coming from, like Mike Brable said, they're actually second effort runs by Derek. He's trying to pick up additional yardage. You go back to the game against Jacksonville. He he had not only eluded about two or three defenders, he dragged a couple of them with him. Unfortunately, as he's continued trying to hold on to the ball, he never sees the linebacker Sha- Shaquille Quarterman. He comes and just has a straight direct shot right on Derek. It's it's what we call a kill shot when the running back never sees the oncoming defender. So a lot of times when a running back takes that shot like that, yeah, the way Shaquille Quarterman hit him, he hit him right on the ball. The ball unfortunately popped out because he already have about three or four guys draped on him. You go back to Houston again, that's a second effort uh, fumble. And what I mean by that is he's already got past the line of scrimmage. He was four, I don't know, six to seven yards uh, downfield. Unfortunately, Jack Hansen comes from behind and strips him when he's just trying to get additional yardage. So those you hear coaches talk all the time about putting two hands on the ball. And yeah, it's a lot of that is when he's dragging about three or four guys uh, with them downfield. So again, again, they're going to put a special emphasis on just maybe when you get into a crowd of players this year, rather than we want you to continue to try to get those additional yards, but put two hands on the ball. And that's that's where he's been uh, having those fumbles. It's called second effort runs. But it's not being sloppy with the ball. No, it's not like Mel- they, there's an issue in Denver with Melvin Gordon. Now, that's sloppy. This is not. This is just called second effort. This is just a player that is going out there. He's playing tough. He's resilient. And he's not allowing the first defender to hit him. He's all, When he's having these fumbles, he's already done picked up the first six or seven additional yardage. And so that's what's happening right now. So – Turnovers are always a big deal. Are turnovers the number one thing that's going to determine the winner of this game, Denard? Or, or you know, what what do you think? What do you think this game hinges on? Easy. Look at the last game. Jacksonville got seventeen points in the first half. Three turnovers came in the uh, first half, and uh, that resulted in seventeen points. They had four turnovers total. And, and they got 20 points off that. You can't win in this league like that, David. You create a disparity. That's called self-inflicted wounds. Tennessee has to clean that up. And I also want to talk about missed opportunities. We don't go go back to the first game when Jacksonville, uh, when they won in Nashville for the first time in 13 years. You, you also get, had missed opportunities. Go back into that third and fourth. You remember the play when Racy McMath, he had a step 
on Darius Williams and the ball went over his fingertip. If he pulls that ball in, that's six points. Those are called difference makers. And another thing, the sacks, they had four, they gave up four sacks, the offensive line. So again, we already talked about Nate Davis is hurt. Ben is hurt. Now Taylor's out for the season. So again, guys like Jordan Roost are going to have to step up and make sure you got a quarterback that's only in his second week in the system, his second start. You have to protect him if you're going to give yourself a chance to win in Jacksonville. John Glennon, where where do you see this game turning? What what's uh what's going to what's going to make or break this game for the Titans? Yeah, I, I agree with Denard first off on in terms of the turnovers. You know, that, that's a definite point. You know, when, when the Titans turned the ball over four times, Tannehill had an interception, had a lost a fumble. You know, we've referenced already Derrick Henry lost two fumbles. You know, that that's obviously something that, that that's gonna have to uh to change. But you know, when you look a little closer, yeah, there's some other plays too. Uh, one play that we discussed on a previous podcast, uh, you know, right near the end of the half. Roger McCreary going up for what looks like should be an interception. Instead of an interception, the ball goes right through his hands and goes to Zay Jones, and all of a sudden Jacksonville has a touchdown, and all of a sudden you're looking, instead of holding at least a 14-13 lead, going into half, you're down 20-14 to 14, uh, at that point. To, to me, um, you know, maybe the biggest concern, I think, for the Titans going in is can they play better pass defense, uh, you know, than, than they did against Jacksonville last time? You know, Trevor Lawrence had a, had a field day, threw for 368 yards, three touchdowns, um, you know, and, and unfortunately for the Titans, you know, that, that's been kind of, I won't say that number has been the norm, but more often than not, teams have been lighting them up here in the passing game, you know, over the last five weeks or so. And we remember what Evan Ingram did, 11 catches for 162 yards, two touchdowns, Zay Jones, eight catches, 77 yards. Is there reason to believe that the Titans can can turn around things in the pass defense game? Now, maybe the pass defense, the pass, excuse me, the pass rush is a little stronger with with a healthy Jeffrey Simmons, a healthy Danico Autry back in there. Maybe you know if Christian Fulton can come back, maybe that's a significant difference maker as well. But to me, in addition to to having to change that turnover ratio, better pass defense uh, is is vital. Uh, the way I look at it. Yeah, and and it's interesting you bring up Evan Ingram and, and the big game he had. Um, maybe the Titans get Amani Hooker back in this game, which would be which would be big. He has, you know, he's that guy who can match up with tight ends. He actually got hurt again in that Jacksonville game and, and didn't fish. But the Titans are without Andrew Adams, who has been playing alongside of uh, of Kevin Byard. And uh, and has allowed Hooker to go down in the slot. I, I I'd be I'd be curious to see kind of how that rotation works. Now Adams hurt himself against Dallas. He's out for the year now too. Does Hooker have to go back and and you know reunite with Kevin Byard sort of on an every down basis? And and if so, what does that do for uh, the slot position? Or does Lonnie Johnson play next to Bayard and, and Hooker go back down in there and, and what kind of uh what what kind of matchups can they get that way it's uh uh you know Trevor Lawrence looks like looks much more like the number one like you would expect a number one overall pick to look when he's throwing the ball these days and uh wh- whatever the Titans do on pass defense they're they're gonna have to do it well on Sunday or Saturday yeah Debris, Denard? It, oh David I I 
that's going to be the difference because that was the difference in the first game was the play of the trenches. Think about it. Trevor Lawrence had, what, 42 passes attempted. And how many times was he sacked? Not one time. And you tell me that 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 wasn't the difference in the game. And not to mention, uh, when you look at Evan Ingram, uh, I thought Tennessee the other night, Thursday night, they had a little issue with Dalton Schultz, who's also much like Evan Ingram, very athletic tight end. So once again, if you look at that game, it seemed like there was one player that seemed to defense well, uh, Dalton Schultz, and that was Kevin Barr. So if I was Tennessee, I'm thinking about maybe I need to put 31, who's my best defensive back, on their stud, and that's Evan Ingram, and make that just kind of a one-on-one matchup because they're going to need the best on best to win this game. I, and if I'm Tennessee, maybe I'll make a difference and maybe put a money hooker or some an, another defensive back kind of in the hole, play the half, and uh, make Kevin uh, give him the responsibility of maybe guarding Evan Ingram because that's – I mean, Dallas, I'm honest with you, no one can account for D- Dalton Schultz the other night. I mean, he had his way with that secondary. Interesting, interesting take. All right, we've got just a couple minutes left here. John Glennon, are the Titans going to win this thing and go back to the playoffs this year? Uh, I think it would be nice for all the long-suffering over the last several weeks Titans fans, and, and it would be a great underdog story given the uh, the depleted uh, condition of the roster. Uh, I just don't know if it's in the cards. You know, I said this a couple weeks ago that, that you know, uh, as strange as it might have looked several weeks ago, to me it looked like the Jaguars were on the way to the playoffs and the Titans were not. Uh, and, and unfortunately that that's what it still looks like to me. You know, I, I think if I have to give a team an edge going into this game, uh, I probably lean towards, uh, Jacksonville at home. Denard Walker, the Titans going to win this game. If Tennessee can put up some offense, I don't know if Josh is going to be after 13 points against Dallas. That's not going to be enough to beat Jacksonville. Them boys are firing. So I got Jacksonville winning, son. I got Jacksonville winning this game. Yeah. I'd feel, I'd feel better about the Titans chances if the, in, if this game was in Nashville, but uh, yeah. it, it, you know, the Jaguars just have every reason to feel comfortable. Gambler's logic is you don't bet on a streak to end. One team's on a losing streak. One team's on a winning streak. But uh, um, you know, as I said at the top, Mike Rabel's team has surprised us over the last couple of years, several times in situations where you thought they had absolutely no business uh winning a game and you can go back to the 2019 playoff run and going into new England, for example, and, and winning. And there's, there's been a number of them, but uh, whatever happens, we will be back to talk about it. And until then, thank you as always for listening. Denard Walker. Thank you, sir. Thank you. John Glennon. Thank you. Okay. Thanks guys. And this is the believe in Titans podcast brought to you by bet online. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.